this week on the Digital Dust Podcast. Yeah. Like we said last week, hot tips, hot tips. are going to be right in this episode. Yeah. For, gra- for getting into grass. <laughs> We're all about those hot tips. All about it. the digital dust podcast i'm liz i'm robin i'm katie and i i i am a patrick yeah that's a good one Ooh. thanks i was just bopping in my chair i got really excited speechless <laughs> yeah yeah oh thanks katie i appreciate it all right so what are we talking about today on this episode of this podcast guys i'm a little loopy i <laughs> should i should preface this first because this is gonna be rough it's late at night for me if you follow us on instagram you'll know Anyway, it's late at night. I'm going to do it, though. What are we talking about? It's about grad school. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's tips our about grad, grad school. Right, our favorite topic. Yeah, it's, it's tips about grad school. It's uh, talking about uh, how to apply, the do's and don'ts, the, you know, what attitude you want to have going in, that sort of thing. Our usual shit. Heck yeah. Yeah. Like we said last week, hot tips hot are going to be right in this episode. Yeah. For, gra- for getting into grad school. <laughs> We're all school. about those hot tips. All about I'm going to get you into grad school. Just because <laughs> we cannot make that guarantee. <laughs> but yeah, this this is all about, you know, it's it's time to start thinking about grad school. I'm sure a lot of you folks listening have already been thinking about grad school. And so... You know, we're getting close to application time. That's sort of in the December, January, February period. And so, yeah. So this is a, a good time to really start thinking about where you want to go, what you want to do, if it's for you in general, all that sort of stuff. So, This is the perfect opportunity to plug last week's, or the week before last, last episode, if you will. It's true. Where we talked all about our program, uh, why we chose Western. We interviewed one of the co-directors. It was a good time. If you haven't listened to it already, we do mention all of the schools that we applied to. So if you want to know where we applied, it'll be there. And uh, yeah, give it a listen. If you want to be like us, listen to that episode. You do want to be like us. <laughs> yeah. And you if you don't want to be like us, uh, and you maybe you're thinking, I don't want to apply to grad school. I, you know, meh, not for me. I'm just going to, you know not listen to the rest of this episode that's fine you can do that <laughs> yeah but we'll this... see you next next monday yeah yeah <laughs> but uh i highly suggest that you keep listening anyway because this advice isn't just for grad school it's kind of just great for anyone who's kind of pursuing post-secondary education um maybe you are applying to a university either for your undergrad or your master's or anything else um and you know yeah just just keep listening and maybe you'll learn something new amazing okay what's what's part one the personal statement. So oh. you have to write all about yourself. Oh, the personal statement. And why statement. you fit the program or why the program fits your interests or mm-hmm. some combination of the type. Usually, or at least in my experience, it was like questions. But yeah. sometimes it was just like, what is your personal statement? Yeah, mine was almost like a cover letter. Like, I yeah, think that's, yes. that's the best yes. way to describe it. It's just like you need to sell yourself. I think like with job, like job applications or grad school or anything else, like you need to learn how to sell yourself. This is not a time to be modest. Um, 
And I think a lot of people, like, have tr- have problems, like, not problems, but, like, struggle with that. Like, I'm sh- I do. Like, it's really hard to be like, this is all my experience and I would be a great candidate, blah, 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 blah. But you definitely should do that. Like, you need to pull out all the stops. Um, they're not going to, like, oh, you embellish that or oh, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it is important. Yeah. My personal technique in this section, I went directly to the program I was interested in. I went to their website. I read through everything they wrote about what it is and what their goal is and how their students are going to turn out. And then I took those keywords that I took out of it, like, oh, digital skills, communication, um, time management. And I threw that right into my personal (laughs) statement, like, this is who I am. This is your program. I fit exactly what you're saying on your website because I use the same keywords. Oh, that's a lovely tip. That's the exact advice my mother gave me anytime I applied for a job ever. Yeah, a lot of places use yeah, databases thanks, now. So like, they do. I applied to something um, a couple weeks ago, a job, and uh, within two days, I got like an automatic general reply that was like, you know, we are we have not accepted your we're not going to take your application any further. And it was definitely because they it was for a giant company too. So like, they cl- very clearly ran it through a database. It didn't match what they had plugged into the database, and so they said they were like, no, which is fine. So I was like, cool, I get to learn from this. What should I include? So yeah, like knowing those buzzwords and knowing like exactly how to sell yourself and how to like fit into what they're looking for is very important. Yeah, God, personal statements, they're always, they're, they're tricky to write, you know, (laughs) like this is not just for the selling yourself bit for me, but like also just, I don't know, I've always hated, I mean, I understand they can be very helpful, but I always disliked reflective assignments because at the end of the day, I always felt like I was bullshitting it. Like, no matter how true whatever I said was, it just it sort of felt like, regardless of what I said, they're going to read it and be like, oh, he's being fake. Like, this isn't, like, he's just, he's, he's, he's laying it on a little thick here. You know, it's like, I am unbelievably great at all these, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to be earnest and honest. And, and, and the other thing I think that's really tricky about them is making yourself stand out. Because you got to remember, like, the people who are reading these things read hundreds regardless of what program you're going to and they're reading so many a day because they probably get them all i think they the the turnaround is like a week or two before they really have to start like deciding stuff so they'll get these read them all and then sort of have to make split second decisions based on what they see so that's really important to consider and to think about like what you want to put in how to make yourself stand out i think honestly my saving grace the thing that I didn't do until like my final draft and that's when the person who's reading it over for me was finally like this sounds good now or whatever was that I started mine with a story and and this is actually a pretty common thing in history mind it I did mine like that too yeah okay yeah. cool yeah, yeah yeah where you'll start you'll start like if you're writing like an article or a book or whatever you often start with a like an anecdote or something uh to to get people interested in what you're talking about and so it's not just a story but it's a story that that represents all the themes and and stuff that you'll be bringing to the table and so i think mine was like something about like the moment when i realized how much i loved public history or something like that and it was really and it was great like and you started off with like on november 15th 2018 or whatever and like you give stakes to you you dramatize the shit out of it and they'll I read literally it did the same thing right my, my <laughs> how opening do you sentence remember yours uh, well it's because i honestly cherry pick they're of memorable. It and i like still keep it in my a lot of it in my cover letters that mm. i use mm-hmm. but i literally started mine with like 
Um, I was very fortunate to stumble upon my love for public history at a very young age when I was working in a museum when I was 15 years old and I realized that like, hey, I'm really good at this. And when I discovered that I could actually do this as a real thing, you know, here I am kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, mine was very similar. Mine was like, like on this date at this time, some person, I was given a talk somewhere and some person raised their hand and said this thing. And that was the moment when I was like, oh, that's really smart. That's, that's why this is so cool. That make, and it all clicked for me. And now... Now here's the rest of who I am. But like it, it essentially, it makes them remember you because they're like, oh, Patrick, oh yeah, he had that, that story that he was talking about. That's cool. And, and all that sort of stuff. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, they're not just looking for really good students. They're also looking for really good people and people who are interesting and that they want to work with. Because the weird thing about grad school is that you're always like, you're never on par with them necessarily, but it's like, you know, you have a student relationship with them, but they also have a bit more of a collegial relationship with them as well. And so when you're sort of going through that whole process and everything, it's very different than undergrad. And, and so they want to make sure that they, they enjoy spending time with you. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. So, and that you're gonna, yeah. you're bringing something to the table. Like I think it's yeah. important to really, I think it's worth taking a risk, especially on the, whatever you're writing instead of, I think I'd be a great candidate because X, Y, and Z in yeah. conclusion, like, you know, like the classic, like you're in ninth grade writing your very first essay for the first time. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. I think be it's creative. Worth, yeah, right? I think it's worth like telling a cool anecdote, whatever. And like, you know, again, have people read it over too. like send it to your mom or whoever. Oh, yeah. um, or even profs like if you have like if you're applying to grad school and you have professors that you're really close with, you'll likely be reaching out to them for references anyway. And so yeah, definitely just like just ask. Um, but yeah, it's worth taking a risk. Don't yeah. don't be cookie cutter. Yeah. And it's okay to hate it. Like, it's okay to hate the whole writing process. Of oh, it. Like, yeah. oh my God. Oh my God. It's just, ah, oh, it's, it's so hard. It's so frustrating, but it, it helps. I literally don't remember a thing about my personal statement. Gun to my head. I couldn't even tell you what I wrote. I couldn't tell you the rest no of it. <laughs> I could tell you the first three sentences. I think it was a lot of, the thing was with public history, it's a lot of, uh, professional experience like a lot of it did feel like a job application so a lot of it was more talking about like projects volunteer experience actual jobs that I've had as opposed to just like this is my research which I think was easier I think having to like pitch your research and stuff would be a lot harder especially if you're like looking at like a thesis program but yeah yeah I agree with that I included a lot of concrete examples so when I was telling them I have these skills it was like because I did this work because I volunteered here mm-hmm like you guys were saying, it makes it more interesting and concrete because they're yeah. not just like, oh, I have such and such time management skills. It's like, well, why do you have that? Well, I had to figure out how to put on an exhibit with this many people within this many time. Like, go for it. Mm-hmm. Get in that, in that juicy detail. Yeah. Especially, it's just like any other essay. Like, you can't just, like, you need yeah. to back up your facts, right? Just evidence, like you, right? You need to have citations. So, yeah. you know. Oh, get yeah. citations from your life. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that can apply to any any sort of personal statement, any sort of program, you know. Making it concrete is a really great example. Like, let's say, I don't know, let's say you're interested in applying to, like, a women's studies, gender studies program or something like that, right? And you talk about your personal experiences with the queer community, or you talk about how you, you know, were a confidant for someone who is going through a difficult time or that sort of thing. Like talking about like, or, or, or you volunteered in different places that, that are particularly important to queer communities, that sort of thing. Like concrete examples, regardless of the program are really helpful because again, it's not just about what you know, it's about what you're willing to apply, um, thinking outside the box, being creative and, and being an all around good person, that sort of thing. So 
Yeah. Oh, oh, um, just, I'm sorry. I thought of one very quick thing. One very quick thing, because I know yeah. for a fact they hate this. Never say that you have a passion for history. Oh, if yes. You're applying. Like, never be like, I love history. I'm so passionate about it. Because, of course you do. You're, you're applying to a graduate program. No, like, you know, like, you know, yeah. At least say what about it. Like, yeah. be more specific, specific, right? What about history? Because you need, because everyone, yeah, like Patrick says, everyone in the program loves it. All of the faculty love it. What do you bring? What do you bring to that round table or to that class that is unique and that stands out and that will be a jewel that kind of shines in the crown of the history department? Because again, you're not just a student anymore. You are... <laughs> I can't tell if you were like that's painful or like that was no, good. That was great. <laughs> oh, good. But yeah, like they like they you're more than just a student. You're more than just a number when it comes to grad school. You really are. Um, you're also like a staff member and a colleague, and so they want. Yeah, they just they want someone that's that's going to bring something unique and that's going to really um, accent their their department because they want everyone to do well and they want to spread the word about the department so more people will get involved so yeah do we want to talk a little bit about references then to the scary part references? the terrifying part oh. references was i was totally shocked when i started i'd never done academic references before and i didn't know the process so our school like they have a whole automated system I had no idea. No so I just started emailing profs and then they were like, okay, yes, uh, I have to submit a formal like request through this system. And then it gets like, so it's formally submitted. So it never, like the reference never touches your, like your hands or like your inbox. You never see it. It and gets like sent into the ether. Yeah. And usually you don't anyway, yeah. but it was so weird because I just started emailing people and they were like, clearly you don't know how this works. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm already fucking it up already. Oh, God. I'm not going to get in. But like that was before I started the application. Like you really need to do that before you start writing stuff. So I was like, ah, this is so scary. Um, so yeah, just like be prepared for that. I wish someone had told me about that. But it's it's not just like, hey, Bill, uh, can you give me a reference? You know, like maybe do some research beforehand just on like what your school's policy is. Um that's wild. An automated system. Okay. At U of T, we literally just asked people. But that brings me to the first part of references. How do you choose who to ask? Gosh. Yeah. So, okay. I think, firstly, you got to play a little dirty. I think you got to, you got to, you know, like if your favorite professor is wonderful, but doesn't have any connections to the program, or something like that, then you might want to choose another reference. Like, it's it's a fine balancing act between someone who, you have to find someone who knows you. Like, you can't, like, people will, will spot a bullshit reference from a mile away. So you have to know the prof, and the prof has to know you and your work ethic and all that sort of stuff. But it's a balancing act between that and a prof who may have connections to the program, may have connections to the field, or may have a really good position. Like, if you can get, like, a graduate chair, or rather an undergraduate chair or something like that to give you a reference, that, like, those sorts of things can be helpful, even though if it, fe it feels a little weird or wrong. It certainly did for me when I was trying to figure out what references give, you know, but I mean, yeah, like I, I was I really, really had a really good relationship with one of my Huron profs who actually teaches in the public history program. And so I had him <laughs> write a reference for me to, to both schools. Tim re gave Thank you a you, reference? Tim Combo. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. He wrote, he wrote a reference oh for me yeah, for both programs. And so, 
anyway, yeah. So I, I would say a balancing act between finding people who are credible and and are good and look good, but also people who can really speak to to your work ethic and you as a person. I think uh, I think kind of piggy off piggybacking off of that too. Like I think um, if you can like depending on how many I think we had to have three references and one or two of them were professional, but maybe like. Like, I think it's important to get a wide range of opinions about yourself or your experience. And so, like, for example, I used, like, a public history or, like, a history professor or someone or, like, an English professor I was really close with, uh, but also a pod, my podcasting prof. Shout out. I would not be here without him. Shout out oh, yeah. to Mr. Bernard Graham. Um, but... Uh, he knew that I was like, I was a leader in that class and I was very competent with digital technologies and that kind of thing. So I think it's important to like identify maybe your top three, like two or three skills that like you can bring to the program or that you really want to highlight maybe like in your letter and that kind of thing. And then cherry pick your profs and your references based off of that. Um, and don't be afraid either to kind of in those initial emails to them. Um, I did this the other day. I emailed um, Amber, who was our museology prof, because um, I'm applying to a, a curator job just for funsies. And I so I, I emailed her and I just said, hey, Amber, you know, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I was wondering if I could use you as a professional reference because... Um, I feel like in my class, like the assignments that I did, you gave me really good feedback. And I feel like you have a good understanding of what my exhibit writing and exhibit, you know, text and my exhibit design skills are. And I would love if you could speak to that. So I think it's important like to not only be like, hey, you know, can you like be a reference? But if you actually come up to to these people and say like, this is, um, you know, this is how I feel our relationship is like. This is what I feel like you could really speak to and that would really be beneficial to me. I think that's, first of all, way more helpful for them. They're going to know, you know, what it is that they should start off with. Also sending them a resume. Send them a resume, a CV, something. I did this to all my references as well. So they can actually have real time and date and everything else of like, Liz did this in the class, which, you know, she talked about her experience working at this museum in these times, blah, 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 blah. So you know, they have to, they talk to so many different students like every single day and they can't remember everything about you. So definitely send a resume and don't be afraid to kind of like speak up and like kind of give them a direction to go in. Yeah, I fully agree with that. You need to make it relevant to what you're sending to the school itself. For example, I, I was saying my interests are indigenous studies and my backgrounds are history. So I made sure that my references were those professors that had me in those courses and on top of that they were fourth year professors they were my final year where there was only like 10 of us in the class or there could be more but they did know me personally and they knew my final work because i just did it <laughs> so and it was recent it wasn't like it was oh recent. yeah robin four years ago okay right. she'll have to send me a paper that she did back in the day and i was like no i was just there with her and we were working on this big project together because that's what you do in fourth year and it's directly applicable so definitely consider that when you're looking for references you want it to be someone that knows you right away yeah i definitely did the same thing both of my references for like academic were histories of violence profs which was my focus they were also both women which was intentional by me but anyway and the one thing i will say is applications are due in like december and I hadn't had two of my three mandatory fourth-year courses. So I didn't have fourth-year course profs to ask. Could have asked the one, but I was not doing 
great in that class. It was Victorian Britain. <laughs> I didn't care. Yeah, don't ask that one. Yeah, don't so, ask that one. <laughs> no. So that was, for me, I was like, who do I ask? I asked profs who had either done seminars with me. So I did seminars all the way through because U of T like offers seminars in every year under like a certain course code. So I did third year seminars in third year because I was interested in them. But that came back and it was very helpful because now I had third year profs who knew me really well and who remembered me. But I did like send them my essays again to be like, hey, do you remember who I am? And like, yeah, <laughs> my, my thoughts just left my brain. But yeah, if you don't have fourth year profs or if you like don't know them very well that's why you should be thinking about this in third year which sounds terrifying but if you're thinking about it in third year you can always go back to those profs if you don't have the relationships you want with fourth year profs even just like in general like even if you're going into first year just like and this is something that like all your ta or yeah your tas and whoever else will tell you but like like go to office hours and talk with your profs and like make relationships with your profs. You don't have to do it with every single prof. If you don't really like don't don't like the prof or whatever else or you tried going and like you just don't mesh, that's fine. But definitely like making that effort makes it so much easier when you actually have to like go and ask for them for a reference from them because it is like a it's a relationship. It's not just like, hey, I need this from you. You know, like it, I think it, it makes it a lot easier when you kind of come in with like this is what I have to offer you and you know like you know you educated me could you <laughs> and I'm like here to to help mm -hmm. you out kind of thing so yeah I think that like just trying to you know be consistent in your relationships with your profs and just you know saying hi or their actual reference letter but it did help in a sense where it actually I I mapped out like okay this is why I was a good student in her class and why I want her opinion on me and then I was also able to use what I wrote up in my own uh, rehearsal statement. So it all came around. It was a little stressful, but that might happen. If you ask a pro for a reference, they might be like, okay, mock mm -hmm. up a letter for me. Mm -hmm. Or they might ask for a personal statement or like the draft of your personal statement, any notes you've taken. That also reminds me that like, let's say you're applying to something out of second year, say abroad. You need references to go abroad, which feels kind of weird. But anyway, you do. And oftentimes in like first year courses, you don't know the prof. You're one of like a thousand. So what profs will do, and they will do this, is if you email them and the TA, the TA will write the letter and the prof will sign off on it. Mm-hmm. Because the TA will know you better, right? Yeah. The TA knows you quite well. They know your work. If you had tutorial. Yeah. The prof sees you twice a week as like one in a thousand. So, yeah. But that's an option if you feel like you don't know any profs and you're worried about that. Reach out to your TAs. I mean, one thing we can say is um, you're going to ask for these reference letters. They're going to say yes. And you're going to tell them what the deadline to put it in it is. And they're like, no problem. And you're going to be like, great, this is off my plate. And then the date keeps getting closer and closer. And you realize that letter's not in. And you're starting to stress and you're like check in with your prof you're like hey how's it going with the reference letter and they might get annoyed by that so definitely do one check-in but don't do more than that and don't worry it is being sent yes but don't don't yes. stress because that'll just make everything harder if you start stressing about something that you don't have to worry about yes but ask early the yes. earlier the you ask the happier the prof is the better 
But I think also, as Liz was saying, if you have a good relationship with the professor, it won't be as scary as you might think it will be. <laughs> you know, like if you feel like you know this professor well enough, and you ask them if they can do it. They're going to be like, yeah, OK. Like we've all gotten that professor email where it's like, OK, period. Yeah. Sent from Android or sent from, you know, like when you get close enough with the prof, you know, the formalities aren't always there. So, so don't, don't, don't be too concerned about that. And also it is in their job description. Like this is something that they're, they have to do. So if you, if you ask someone to give you a reference and they, the only way they could say no is because they don't think that they know you well enough to give you a good reference, but you wouldn't be asking those people anyway. Yeah. You don't want that. Right, exactly. So if you're asking someone to give you a reference because you think they'd give you a good reference, they 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 kind of have to say yes. So, <laughs> a side note, my okay, I think this was my best friend. She had a a seminar. She did sciences. She had a seminar in which the prof said, "If you are not in the top ten students in this class, it was like a seminar, but a science seminar where there was like forty kids. So not like what we understand as a seminar." He was like, if you aren't in the top 10 in this class, I will not write you a reference. Do not reach out about it. Oh. Which I mean, fair enough, but that was harsh. That's intense, man. And then, like, how do you know if you're in the top 10? There's a leaderboard. (laughs) Then you see your name. Am I in the top 10? (laughs) What is my ranking in this course? Am I on his MSN best friend list? (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, most humanities profs are not like that. Honestly, most science profs aren't like that. That was just a weird, weird story. Mm. Anyway. Kind of a dick move. Yeah. Um, But yeah, asking references is scary. I was terrified. I did go in person to ask one of them because I knew that I was like in the prof's class and I had to go to the office hours anyway. So I was going to be like, hey, XYZ, also, will you write me a reference? It was a great, like, little move because it was like, oh, I have to be here anyway. Like, I might as well just ask. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Oh. So if if you can do that, it, it feels more casual. And I mean, I feel like in some ways the crowd we're talking to are people that we don't need to sort of pull teeth about these sorts of things. But get involved in the department, I guess. Like, you know, if you have a history society like I did, I, I was eventually the president of my history society. I don't know if you guys... If you guys had, I don't a, even know if U of T had a history. That's system. so funny. Okay, well, if you have like history-related extracurricular stuff, you know, and 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 Huron is really wonderful about having the history props show up to the events that the history society would put on. So there's a lot of good collegiality between props and students at that school. But uh, yeah, you know, like if if there are ways for you to get involved in in the department and ways for you to sort of better know them outside the classroom, I feel like yeah, if if you're interested enough to go to grad school, that might be something that you'd be interested in doing too. And we talked about this last episode, but like mm-hmm. visiting the campus, going on like the open house days or the days that they're advertising, um, especially around the time the applications are due, they're going to be doing the like, oh, come hear a forum and we're going to have different students talk about the program and yeah. kind of thing. So go to those things, show your face and, you know, you put your name out there because when that name crosses their desk, when you actually hand in that application, it makes it so much smoother. Like, oh yeah, I know her. I got a really good vibe from her, and uh, yeah, let's let's see what else she she's got. I was thinking for those who you can't get across to where your school's at, because like I was across the province. Email the directors. We mentioned that in our last episode as well. But email the director of your program; they'll actually give you some great advice. And mine actually told me to contact alumni, so from them as well, 
I got really important information about what the program's going to be like and their experience, which also just reaffirmed what I wanted to do to apply. And they also gave me advice on what to put into my application. Is there any particular advice anyone might have for more nervous, shy, or anxious people interested in grad school? Because there is certainly that crowd of, of folks who, are, who really want to go there. But I think, like, kind of Katie's advice of going in person, uh, if it's just to office hours or whatever else, um, I think, like, having that one-on-one time, um, at least for me, like, being able to sit down with someone and just, like, converse and just, like, be like, you're a normal human. You're not just, like, a god, the chair of the history department, whatever, right? Like, sometimes they feel that feels very disembodied. And so being able to just, like, go and just talk to someone for a couple minutes and then just be earnest and say, hey, I am looking for a reference, that kind of thing. I think that's important. Um, But I understand that, like, building those relationships beforehand, if you are more shy um, or you're not as, like, outspoken in class again if you can go and make those connections with your prof and you do really well in having those like you know really stimulating discussions in office hours as opposed to in class the prof is going to notice that and same thing with your TAs like they're going to notice that they're going to um, pick up on it pretty quickly that just like speaking out in class isn't your style but if you can still show up and like yeah if you can still show up and show that you care in one way or another I think that's, you know, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. And if you're nervous about, like, going to office, like, if you're actually nervous about the process of, like, asking in person, for example, go to office hours, like, two weeks before you're going to ask with a made-up question. You know how many times I went to office hours to be like, what book should I do my book report on? And the prof would be like, why are you here? And I'd be like, (laughs) hello. I exist, for sure. And I feel like, yeah, like, there is a... An element of this where where it's the unfortunate reality of being a shyer person is that you are going to have to go and talk to some people and, and, and that's tricky and difficult. You can always send emails like if it's if it if it really gets down to the wire in that way, you can send an email and, and sort of list out the reasons in the email why you want to why you want to apply and all that sort of stuff and why you want them to be a reference and everything. And, you know, and I mean, I've known profs who who know students by name just because they're they do really well on assignments. Like I was, I was in Mike's, Mike's, so Mike, Mike, the, the director of the program, I was in his second year pirates class in my second year. And then I was at the wave one time, which is the restaurant on campus. And I like bumped into him at a table and I was like, Oh, Hey. And he's like, Oh, Hey Patrick, how's it going? And I'm like, there are, there are 300 people in that class. Why are you speaking to me? And he's like, of course, I always keep my eye on the really bright ones or whatever. So he said something like that. Like, we know this as yeah. a grading assistant, though, right? Like, I yeah. could recognize names Absolutely. after right? two assignments. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this yeah, person killed true. I had, like, 50 like, kids, and I had my favorites. Absolutely. Not that, like, I graded them differently, but it was, like, I was getting onto their work, and I, was, I knew it was going to be awesome. Yeah. They're reliable. Yeah. Yeah, you, you knew yeah. that they and would so be consistent. so if you consistent. work hard and, and yeah. you do well, which, again, is kind of a prerequisite for grad school in general, is that you want to, you like working hard and you like doing well. But don't worry too much about your first year marks. I should say that. Same. My first year marks are trash. Your first and second year does not matter. And, like, most first year marks especially are all bell yeah. All mine were bell curved down. But, yeah, so, you know, if you if you do well <laughs> and, and then you email a prof, odds are they'll probably know your name anyway. And, and 
they might kind of do that sort of cheeky reply of like, ah, you're finally contacting me. Thank God I was getting worried, you know, like. Yeah. One thing I added to our list is selecting a writing sample. I don't know if we have any advice for this, but, um, and I don't know, like, if every single program does this, but. Um, Most do, I feel yeah. Like, maybe it's just in the movies where, like, I'm, I'm, I always feel like, you know, there's like. I'm applying to Yale and all the Ivy League, but I don't know what to write my essay on. And then finally the movie ends and they're like, I'm going to tell you about why losing my pet dog was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And then the like Yale recruiter calls them and is like, this is the most amazing essay I've ever <laughs> read in my the entire booth life. Three. Thank yeah, you for literally. That. It's like, it's such a trope, right? Like Easy sure, A, sure. that's a really big one. There's so I many. I love Easy A. Um, that's the greatest yeah, movie on earth. It's a good one. So I, I always forget, I always feel like that that personal statement yeah, they are two different things, as the writing yeah. sample. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They yes. are two different things. Um, which is good because you get to cover your bases with like the creative, fun, more personal side of you and then like the academic, like, you know, that's kind of your bread and butter where like this is what I'm actually especially if it's something that is more academic, like history versus public history. So I think just choosing the paper you're most proud of, probably a paper probably from the last year or two from a, a sort of a grad or pardon me a undergraduate seminar something like that anything if you have a bit more of a novel argument or if you're in history and you got to use some really cool primary sources that sort of thing to show that you're you're able to to effectively do that sort of thing but yeah and honestly i would start with like the papers that you were most excited about you know when like you get a really good idea and you're like oh i can't wait this is gonna be so good those are the ones to go with not the like it's one of those things where like, you know, never doubt, never doubt your gut intuition of like your first answer. I think go with the one that like comes into your mind right away that you're most excited about rather than like, well, this one got a higher mark or this one was like, you know, more thought out, whatever. Um, yeah. In addition to your personal statement and your writing sample, sometimes depending on the program, you also, God, you also have to write like a research proposal or something like, oh, you know, like there are three separate, you got your, this is me, you got, here's an example of how I write and how good I am at grammar. Uh, and, and then here's what I want to do when I get here. Like, you know, and sometimes the personal statement and the, and the research proposal are the same thing. Sometimes they're two parts of the same document, but yeah, I don't know if, if we want to talk about that at all. I mean, it's, I feel like it's pretty simple in some ways. You got to think of something you want to write about. <laughs> Just be clear, man. Yeah. Be like, I want to write about X. I want to write about this country, this time period. Boom. List the primary sources and like why. Yes. Like what 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 are you going to contribute? What is this going to do? Why is it unique? All of that. And I think too, if I don't think this is necessary, um, but I think you get extra gold stars if you can make everything cohesive and that all these documents mm. you're submitting are talking to each other. And so you're talking about this is the research that I want to do and this is what I'm passionate about. And that's being reflected in the amazing research that you have in that writing sample that you're talking about a topic that you're passionate about. And then you're also referencing why you're passionate about that in your, um, in your actual personal letter, that kind of thing. So like if everything can be like really cohesive, I think that brings forth an extra, just like really strong argument, especially if it's something thesis based thesis really is like, it's like, this is my whole life, my whole personality as an academic person. Right. And so yeah, you kind of want I agree. that forward. Make it relevant. And uh, funny enough, I actually submitted a French paper. 
<laughs> yeah, it still like got accepted. <laughs> yeah, in French. Well, oh, I mean, boy. like, it was about indigenous studies, but it was all written in French. Wow. So if your first language is something else, don't let that be a setback on you. If that's your best paper that you can submit, go for it. All right. Is there anything we feel like we haven't covered in these questions? Anything you, like, thought about when you were hmm. applying that you wanted answered? Oh, actually, I do want to talk about something because this actually happened to me. Um, you have a point about um, a year in which your grades drop because of some external force, so illness, whatever. Um, def- you can address that. That happened to me. Um, I missed a good three weeks and my very first round of exams in my first year uh, because I was having a mental breakdown. <laughs> and uh, and so like my, my grades... Basically, what happened was I had to, like, like kind of unload my course load a bit. And so when I was applying, I actually knew that I was going to need an extra credit over the summer going into grad school. And so I just made sure to talk to the administrative office, so Cara from our program, and be like, just so you know, this is what's going on. I fully intend to have this credit and they were like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And I think like addressing anything like that before you submit your um, before you submit your uh, application is important because they're going to know what to expect rather than it's more convenient to be like, I don't know how they're going to do this or they're clearly missing something. And so we're going to discount that. Even if you think I might not get accepted because I'm missing something or my grades aren't high enough, still like committing to that and submitting the assignment and reaching out to someone in the program. Um, and again, putting your name out there and like putting that forward is really important. It's, it's literally like life or death between like this person just doesn't have, you know, like you, you're not meeting the basic requirements. We're not going to consider you to like, no, this is actually a really, really viable candidate and we want to have them here. They just need to work on X, Y, and Z. So I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope that some of this was helpful. Uh, and that it's not yeah. overload. <laughs> maybe maybe we can work on like a blog post or something um, to yes, give to you guys yes. or like a checklist. I think that'd be really important. I'm someone who like I if someone talks at me for more than ten minutes about like information, I don't remember any of it. Uh, I just get overwhelmed. So we can definitely create some resources and find some resources from other people and get them out there for you guys. Um, but yeah, just just be yourself. Be creative you know mm-hmm. go talk to your profs. take it one step at a time you know uh, don't they like you don't fall in love they with want them. you to succeed yeah <laughs> yeah don't fall in love don't with do them. it don't fall don't, in love with them don't fucking that's do it how. that's not don't. how you succeed if you do it it's just, <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it <laughs> don't do it <laughs> and on that note <gasps> see you on the flippity flop Digital Dust is recorded on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabek, Haudenosaunee, Lenapawak, and Attawandaran peoples, on lands connected with the London Township and Somber Treaties of 1796 and the Dish with One Spoon Covenant Wampum. This land continues to be home to First Nations peoples, Métis people, and Inuit people, whom we recognize as the contemporary stewards of the land and waters we are on today. Digital Dust is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Edwards, Katie Gaskin, Patrick Kingen, and Robin Marshall. Sound design by Elizabeth Edwards. Audio transcription by Katie Gaskin. Our theme music is by Mattias Miller. <laughs>